You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody, before you listen to today's episode, I just want to give a quick update. It was recorded before the news was made official that BTS are going on a bit of a break from group activity. So the way I talk about it may sound a bit odd, like I'm predicting the future. promise you this was recorded before the news was official. I just had my hunch that it was imminent. And upon further reflection, I insist, like I do in this episode, this is the best for them creatively, and just to feel rejuvenated, not sick of each other, and to remember who they are. My advice for both BTS and everyone, really, is to remember the phrase, you can't fill from an empty cup. Once you give every last drop in your cup to other people, you've got to go take care of your own thirst. You've got to go refill that cup. You can only give so much to others before you have to go recharge in order to really give them their best again. So BTS, please remember, it's okay to acknowledge your cups are empty and you need to go refill them. You have more than earned it. Hello everybody. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. I have a lot I'm working on right now. Some big exciting episodes, interview-wise, write-up-wise. I also am trying out TikTok. I'm a newbie, so be nice. But you can follow me at 17 Karat K-Pop there. Trying to post snippets of the show there. Trying out some new approaches to reach people. So I'm working on a ton of stuff right now. So I apologize if the podcast episode count is a little less frequent than it used to be. I'm juggling a lot right now. And I have some exciting episodes in the works, but they're taking a lot of time. It'll be worth the wait, you'll see. But until they come out, here is just kind of a miscellaneous catch-you-up-to-speed episode, just covering a ton of the world of K-pop, all the news from it the past few weeks. It's basically a rapid-fire news roundup segment of the show made into an episode where I just tell you everything you need to get up to speed. Although I do want to talk about, real quick, I want to highlight some things that I didn't get to fit into a published piece on my site. I recently wrote about Thursday's Child by David Bowie, the related TXT song, Thursday's Child Has Far to Go, and the backstory of the nursery rhyme, Monday's Child, where the concept comes from. More on my substack about it, but I do just want to say it's a very interesting, revealing poem. It's kind of like astrology for pre-internet times, I guess. You could blame the day of the week for your traits or credit that day of the week if it's a good thing. There's actually quite a backstory there, basically days helping determine destiny back in the 1570s. It was part of the storytelling tradition. This nursery rhyme, Monday's Child, which has the line in it, Thursday's Child has far to go, every day of the week in the nursery rhyme has a fill-in-the-blank there. Friday's Child is loving and giving, for example. This nursery rhyme was first recorded for Traditions of Devonshire in 1838. It was recorded by an a cappella choir in 1974. It has changed meanings a bit, and actually since crucifixion and bad luck are sometimes attached to Friday, the rhyme changes in some versions from Friday's child is loving and giving to something negative about Friday's child, or Friday's child is full of woe. 
the Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe line in the rhyme is where the Wednesday name for the Adams Family character comes from. It was inspired by this poem, Wednesday's Full of Woe. The typical interpretation of Thursday, on the other hand, is good, a good connotation. Thursday's child has far to go, and I unpack how that can be daunting or interpreted as exciting, an opportunity, in my essay on Substack. Basically, it comes down to people who are born on Thursday, Thursday's children, are trying to find fate, feel in control of their destiny, figure out what's going on, and control the world around them, which makes perfect sense given TXT's whole world is frozen plot point in feeling kind of out of their time, out of their space and time, discombobulated, trying to find their way in a world that they feel alien from. Craving that sense of stability and meaning makes them Thursday's children. Also might be notable later, because you never know if they use more lightning symbols or the like down the road, but the word Thur does come from Thor, the Norse god, so you never know. Maybe that's the mythical direction TXT's music video world may take someday. Anyway, I just wanted to babble a little bit about that TXT song. Really incredible, and I'm happy with how the essay turned out, so go check that out. Now let's get you up to speed. Here are all the major developments in the world of K-pop in the past few weeks. Skip ahead a few seconds if you don't want Queendom spoilers. Congrats to WJSN for winning Queendom Season 2. The latest stars to get COVID, NCT's Chunla, Jeno, and Junwoo. And three members of the boys, so the rest of their USA tour has been postponed. B.I. was a headlining performer at the Identity 2022 Amazon Music Fest, featuring artists from all over the world. Kane Daniel will be on the Kelly Clarkson Show June 16th. The day after that, the girl group Billy is performing at the opening ceremony for the World Taekwondo Grand Prix Challenge. Dreamcatcher wowed the crowd at Primavera Soundfest. TXT was on the Kelly Clarkson show at the end of May. Stacy revealed their official lightstick design. TNX joined Weavers. IU is the newest global Gucci ambassador. Suho performed Hurdle at the world's largest water fountain in Dubai, the first time a show was held there of its kind. Espa really are working on a ton right now. They have a new global partnership with Warner Records. They are only the second K-pop act to ever be Apple Music's Up Next artist. The first was NCT 127. They are having a special LA Showcase event June 26th. By the way, they just added a second date, so if you missed out, hop on Live Nation's site once you're done with this episode. A Day on Super Junior's tour will be live-streamed July 17th, starting at 4pm, presumably Korean Standard Time. Espa is the only K-pop act out of a list of 300 people on Forbes' 30 Under 30 Asia list. Kane Daniel was sent to the hospital for back pain and diagnosed with a herniated disc, causing him to cancel some album promotions. Jo Hyun from Lightsome will temporarily stay out of group activity due to her grandmother's passing. Ella from the group Pixie, citing health concerns, is temporarily halting activities, so the group for now will promote as just five members. Citing mental health issues, Ji Yoon from Weekly left the group permanently. Due to health issues, Jean Ha from Tribe is temporarily halting her activity. 
Even more bad health news. DK from the brand new group, blank 2i, is already entering a leave of absence due to an acute appendicitis diagnosis. So if you think your luck is bad, think of him. In slightly less terrible terms, Bang Yi Dam is taking some time away from treasure, but not for health issues. He just wants to focus on honing his passion for producing, working on his production skills. Mishiho will also stay out of Treasure's upcoming promotions, staying in Japan to spend time with family and take care of health issues for the foreseeable future. Lighter news. Queen Jisoon from Girls' Day and Hoon from Yukis are officially married now, and Kumjo from Nine Muses is about to get married to the actor Beck Kibum. Black Swan has added two new members to their group, the first ever Indian member of a group and a member from Brazil. Lee Naun from April signed with Namu Actors to restart an acting career. Grayish is disbanding after four years together. Sino Blood Knight, criminally underrated. Hyuk has left Jellyfish Entertainment, but clarified when needed he will be back with Vix for their promotional activity. Trends shows their fandom name, the Friends with a Z, which is really cute, as is the fandom name for ILY1, which is only one. Kazuha from Les Seraphim joined Instagram. CL is now the voice of a baby shark character, Shaki L. Icon will stream online via Weverse their upcoming show, June 26th, 5 p.m. Korean Standard Time. ITZY announced their first world tour, which kicks off in LA October 26th. They will then go to Phoenix, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Chicago, Boston, and New York. Ticket info, TBA, will keep you posted. Brooklyn has a few North American tour dates coming up. Hassan Imagine, truly criminally underrated. He'll be in Houston June 25th, Orlando July 2nd, Miami July 9th, and San Diego July 16th. For more info, go to brooklynofficial.com. MCND released their scheduled tour dates. Kicking things off August 22nd in Mexico City. They'll go to LA, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, and Toronto. Side note, if you keep up with 17karatkpop.weebly.com, you know that they also have an imminent comeback. New music on the way before the summer tour. More details on my site, but I did get to help break that news. Shameless plug. In Blackpink's series of Rolling Stone magazine covers and separate interviews, they revealed some interesting tidbits. Previously, I had brought up the fact Lisa is taking under her wing a bit a Thai trainee with YG Entertainment. Since recording that episode, the rest of the series has come out, and so the other most revealing anecdotes in there to me, the fact Jisoo actually expressed some qualms about going solo, which I actually like to hear because hear me out, I always wondered with them if there was this sense of hidden jealousy or something, sense of not being treated fairly in the group by these delays between who gets to debut solo. And now GC is the last of the four to not get a proper solo debut, and so I just worried and felt bad for her. But it sounds like that's by choice, and also why she didn't have like a hit OST to go with Snowdrop for drama. Apparently she genuinely doesn't want that solo work. 
And I do believe her that she just is less comfortable in the spotlight. So she doesn't mind retreating to the back. And that she's not into the fashion show appearances, the solo promotional stuff, all that comes with fame and fortune, I guess, that the other members are. There's nothing bad with being into the glitz and glamour side of the job, but she's not. So that was actually kind of comforting to hear, that humility and that she genuinely isn't holding a grudge or anything against the company for not getting a solo debut yet. Maybe she just doesn't want to. That said, I wish she would. That'll be the question of the day. If she did go solo, what kind of style would you want from her? What kind of genre would you love to see her do on her own? Honestly, if she's still insecure about original releases, just release a covers album. Put your Tovlo and other wonderful covers all on an album. Make that count as your solo debut. Just an idea. The other big, most notable fact in those pieces, I would say, is the reveal that they have not finished their sophomore album yet. They're still recording it. And they are going on a world tour the next few years, gearing up for that. My totally guessing prediction, no evidence, I don't have secret intel about this tour, my total prediction, they'll tour probably late fall or early 2023, at the earliest, come back in July or August. Anyway, back to what was supposed to be a rapid fire headline roundup. Blackpink met with Korea's British ambassador, taking part in the Platinum Jubilee, part of their ambassadorship as UN climate change ambassadors. Speaking of diplomatic things on the schedule, BTS made it to the White House. The president got to meet BTS. You heard that right. Very cool to see. Very happy for them. It was to conclude AAPI Heritage Month. They thank President Biden for the Anti-Hate Crimes Act and for repeatedly condemning anti-Asian attacks and discrimination. I just felt so happy for them, seeing them light up and feel so honored. Speaking at the podium, talking to the president, and they just, you can tell, they felt so touched. Very, very proud fan of them. Very excited to see them there. Once we officially live in an apocalyptic world, 100%, once that's complete, if we still need a president of just the world, we're still going with Namjoon. And now we have some campaign photo material we can use for ads. Speaking of BTS, their new song yet to come topped iTunes in 97 regions and they performed it on a special Bandiversary YouTube livestream with Anderson Pack as the special surprise guest on the drums. Exciting milestones for Taeyang, who just surpassed 2 million TikTok subscribers. He's back to Platinum Blonde. Love to see it. Blue reached 5 million SoundCloud streams. Love Theory has reached 10 million Spotify streams. He surprise released a really wonderful performance video on YouTube, Ghost, which as of recording time is around a million views. He also surpassed 950k Spotify followers. Can we get that to a million by his birthday? I think we can get it to a million. NCT Dream are officially triple million album sellers. Espa's new EP, Girls, surpassed a million pre-orders in its first week. In J-pop news, Lovatory by Real reached 70 million views. In underrated boy group, OWV, their video for you has surpassed a million views. The Anime Expo this year, which will be July 1st through 4th at the LA Convention Center, will include performances by tons of artists, including Tokyo Machine and Travis Japan. Some more super quick view count milestones. 
10 million views, TNX, move. 20 million, lightsome, alive. 80 million, Jesse, zoom. 90 million, Hyuna and Dawn, ping pong. 100 million views, G Idol's Hua, and Ives Love Dive. 200 million, Aspa Savage, Sai and Suga, bet that. 300 million, Twice's Signal, and Itsy's Dala Dala. 500 million, BTS, Permission to Dance. 1.2 billion, BTS, Mic Drop. 100 million, Spotify Streams, G Idol's latest album, I Never Die. And 410 million streams on RM's mixtape, Mono. An update on Soon Lee's sentence. Remember, he was found guilty. We're not going to rehash the whole Burning Sun scandal, but he was found guilty on all nine charges. The latest is that he is being transferred from military prison to a private prison post-military time and will officially remain there until February 2023. And because he's officially on a registry, Instagram shut down his account, at first made it private, but now just shut it down. BTS released a three-part Apple Music-exclusive radio show called BTS Radio Past and Present. It was broadcast to over 160 countries and had three main themes. Part one, their origin sound, their origin story. Part two, the ARMY's favorite songs. Part three, the songs that made them explode globally. Historic, historic news that I truly thought was a hoax at first, just an account trolling. BTS's J-Hope was not just announced as a last-minute Lollapalooza performer, but a last-minute headliner, the last night of the festival. And TXT were surprised announced to also be a Lala that weekend. TXT Saturday, July 30th. They are set for a set between 7.45 and 8.30 p.m. J-Hope closes out the night, the same stage that Charlie XCX and the Kid Leroy will be on earlier that day. He is a 9 to 10 p.m. slot that Sunday. Really happy for him. And I think his solo Lollapalooza gig is kind of telling for a couple of reasons. One is I do think after this very reflective festa, a year with a very just reflective time for ARMY and BTS themselves, really assessing, okay, here's how far we've come. Here's where we are. Now I think they will want to take some time to go out on individual adventures and to live a little and then come back with more music. So I think the rest of the year, maybe, BTS might actually want to focus instead of announcing a tour, doing stuff on their own. Now I'm not at all saying or alluding to disbandment or even an official group hiatus. I just think that they will want to focus on their separate activities. V has the Wooga Squad friendship show to work on. Jungkook maybe is still working on that mixtape. Maybe there are fashion pursuits. August D3 or teaming up separately with different producers, recording artists, traveling to LA to record. So that's just my prediction that, again, this is not a time of BTS on hiatus, just BTS focusing on different things rather than promoting group-wide releases. They deserve their solo shine too, and this is definitely a good summer for them to do that. Now, however, I do still have a little grudge because they won't, for sure, also have a surprise Summerfest show announcement. They're too close together geographically. 
you actually have to sign contracts about, hey, you can't announce your show here because it's too close to this venue until this venue date and show is held or at least made public. There are a lot of contract particulars we're not going to go into, but I'm just saying when an artist announces a date in a certain place for a certain period of time, a couple months before and after that date, they often are contractually obligated to not perform within a certain vicinity of that show to entice people to go to it. The venue wants them to sign that contract. Now it differs because of summer festivals. I don't know how different, but I'm just saying. I'm sure now he's officially not making a cameo at Summerfest. Milwaukee K-pop fans, I know you're out there. Are you? <laughs> like, how many are there? Because honestly, genuinely, I'm trying to remember the last time a K-pop tour went to Milwaukee. Is it just too close to Chicago for that to ever be a go-to city on a K-pop tour? Summerfest does attract people from all over the world. It's literally the world's largest music festival. So besides the geographic restrictions, always saying, well, if we have to choose between Chicago and Milwaukee, we're going to Chicago every time. I don't know what else the reason is why they don't go to festivals and other huge events in Milwaukee. Just wondering, it could be a huge draw. I bet it's a huge draw for Lala. A lot of people who weren't going to go to Lala will go just for TXT and J-Hope. If I wasn't panic attack prone in those types of crowds, I would go too, for sure. Speaking of BTS, there are a ton of Easter eggs, lyrics, things we could talk about when it comes to the new songs on Proof in the Yet to Come video, but I'm going to save that for an upcoming episode. You'll see why. Another tour announcement I have some frustrations with for just selfish reasons. Luna announced their first world tour, which was really exciting at first, truly was freaking out. By the way, it starts August 2nd in LA, then ends in New York August 19th. Well, it's a world tour, so it doesn't end there, but the first leg does. Only to get back-to-back -back bad news, one piece of news being that my bias, Chu, will not participate in this tour, won't be there at all, everyone better hold up pictures of her, and two, my music taste decided to wait until the day of the ticket sales to announce that your benefits for being a my music taste campaign maker for Luna don't count for this tour because they're not the official company running this one. But they had decided to wait till the day of ticket sales to confirm, nope, no special benefits if for years you've been championing this my music taste campaign to get Luna to tour. Yes, I sound bitter, so stepping back and calming down, in their defense, my music taste is really going on quite a transformation right now. They're really doing a makeover. Quick background, I guess I should say. You basically vote and campaign for different artists and locations. So for example, you can make the campaign for or join the campaign for Luna to come to Chicago. And once a certain amount of people have made that campaign, they will help facilitate getting in touch with their management and making it a reality, saying, hey, look, we can pinpoint these spots as huge popularity bases for this group so they know where to tour. It's a very cool tool and it makes fans feel super involved. The biggest change to my music taste right now is that you no longer are going to put your location into your campaign. So for example, in the past you would say, I'm here to make a campaign for Luna to come to Chicago. Now all you do is say, in general, I'm campaigning for Luna. Then apparently the site automatically knows where you are posting that from. I have some concerns and questions about data tracking related to that, but that's the new system. 
What I do agree with is the fact they are switching to also include chances to advocate for live stream online events. It's a great way to help increase accessibility for people, not just geographically, but disability-wise and otherwise. So anyway, big changes coming to my music taste that may have big ramifications for K-pop shows because although it's not just a K-pop site, some of its most successful past campaigns have been K-pop, so it could have a big impact on K-pop tours. I want to get you up to speed about a very notable Grammy change. Now, in order for an album to be eligible, instead of the previous 50% rule, now at least 75% of that album has to be new material. It's a way to basically stop grab-bagging, getting an extra year of nominations worth out of like a repackage, a deluxe edition. Other changes that I support that the Grammys is doing, they added three new categories, Best Songwriter, Best Song for Social Change, and Best Score Soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. When people claim that, well, if you are nominating music from games and stuff, isn't that diluting the prestige or whatever of these awards? And I always say to those people, hey, the world is changing and either you recognize and honor these creators as being just as creative and valuable with their artistic output as others, or you don't and watch this world pass you by. Get on this train, it's going. Let's just uplift these artists. Anyway. I also am very glad that songwriters are finally getting their due and that this category for best songwriter is solely for writers. Singers, you have plenty of awards you can get, but this category is not for singers, it's just for the writers and co-writers, not the big name artists. It'd be kind of cool if we got to a point where songwriters were big recognizable names, maybe even as much as the artists themselves. That would be cool for the music world to respect them that much. Seventeen announced their world tour, and I continue to fervently believe they will be a key headliner at KCON this year. Not confirmed yet as of recording time, but I am calling it now. There are rumors as well that they will have a repackaged album in July, so stay tuned. Maybe on my birthday they'll release it. Fingers crossed, you never know. Hot topped iTunes in 26 regions. They became the second artist in Hanteo's history to pass 2 million album sales in the first week of a release. It also surpassed 1.74 million pre-orders, earned them their first ever Billboard 200 chart top 10 entry, coming in at number 7, and over 2 million copies have been sold so far. In terms of their solo work, Dino Surprise released a song, High Five, and Vernon is featured on a new Omega Sapien song, Wrecker. Mingyu covers Wave Magazine, the group covers the June issue of Cosmo Korea, the group had a special two-day fan meeting in Japan, they had a special appearance on Goblin Who Steals Wisdom, they were on Knowing Brothers, Amazing Saturday, and Nareen, an acapella group I am obsessed with, released a really cool Evolution of Seventeen video, which is a must-watch. Congrats to Andy from Xinhua, who just got married. Make sure you follow not just KCON, but KCON USA on social media. They are releasing all the info about ticket sale dates, pricing, tiers, engagement packages, etc. for KCON LA. So make sure you follow them. They have not announced the lineup yet, just ticket info, SMH, but here we are. One OK Rock were added to the roster of Australia's Good Things Festival this year. Go to OZTIX.com for more info. 
Kravity were announced as South Korea's newest honorary ambassadors for the Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism. Last but not least, your action item of the day in honor of Pride Month. First of all, I just want to say I am so proud of you if you are LGBTQIA+, and happy for you whether you've come out to someone or not. I really try to be an ally to the community, and one tangible way to do that is by donating to groups like Equality Florida, One Iowa, Lucy's Place, the Southern Arizona Gender Alliance, and Jasmine, J-A-S-M-Y-N. Please keep in mind the not just month-long, but year-long effort that needs to be taken to support people who just want to be themselves. Being yourself is just so brave, and I'm kind of in awe of the community and all they do to say they're loud and proud, or not. If they're not ready for that, I get that too. Anyway, I'm just saying that I'm just thinking of the community this month and wishing this world was nicer to them. Thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye!